I'm Jenna Ocean, and this is Little Ritual. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I am Jenna Ocean. I'm your host for today's Monday chat. So every Monday, I talk about a bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. So what am I being inspired by? Where am I feeling proud? Where am I feeling vulnerable? I give you any big updates as far as uh, the moon cycles and astrology. And other than that, we just have a chat. We have a nice chat. We share a cup of tea, cup of coffee together, and um, build community is the big hope behind all of this. So if that sounds good, grab yourself a cozy drink and join me for today's Monday chat. Before we begin, I have a few short, brief announcements that are important for you. The first one is that I, this evening at 6 p.m., at Outrider Beer and Company, Beer Company at Outrider in Amesbury, I am offering a donation-based yoga. So that means that you can come receive. So good. We need. We all need to receive this time of year. You can come receive affordable yoga at 6 p.m. It's by donation. Uh, suggested donations $15, but you can give me no dollars or you can give me $50 because you know it's my birthday in two days. You know, whatever floats your boat. But we are going to share a space for slowing down and being present with ourselves during the holiday season. So that is this evening at 6 p.m. You can just show up at Outrider. Uh, You don't have to sign up ahead of time. If you want to let me know that you're coming, that would be helpful though. Secondly, I do have spots open for my Oaxaca, Mexico surf and yoga retreat, and I have a discount code available for those that listen to the pod. So that's you guys. Um, For that discount code, all you need to do is reach out to me on Instagram at joyplay. I'd be happy to give give you the code, and it's a pretty sweet discount. Um, It's better than my early bird pricing. So definitely don't miss out on that, and you know... Like $2,100, less than $2,100 for a six-day retreat that includes meals and stay and yoga and workshops and hikes. It's pretty darn good. So invest in yourself in that way. Ask me for that discount code. I'd love to have you. The dates for that retreat are January 29th through February 3rd, 2024. Third and lastly, I'm offering $90 virtual Reiki over the holidays. So... Depending on your background, I mean, the holidays are at at best like annoying and at worst can be really triggering, as we all know. So in this season of giving, why not invest in yourself? You'll want to book Reiki ahead of time, trust me, before before you the shit hits the fan, before the crazies begin, so that you have a space for yourself nestled away. And keep in mind that virtual Reiki, it can be done from anywhere in the world. So Uh, I'd probably be joining you in California and um, you can do it from from your from your in-laws house if you can find a quiet space you can do it from your your house you can do it from the Airbnb you can do it from anywhere so that's really nice that you can offer yourself that bit of space and intentionality and energetic reset 
during the holidays. So to receive the special $90 deal, just go to my website, joyplate.org, and click on bookings. Okay, announcements over. Let's check in. Hi, guys. I know it's been a while. The last time I joined you, I was joining from Mantegas, Portugal. I am back from Portugal, (laughs) back from my travels for a wee bit before I head into a season of traveling, which will last through early March. I'll be in California, then I'll be in Mexico, and then we'll see where the wind takes us. (laughs) And to be honest, I'm feeling... I'm feeling really tired, you guys. I say this every time that there's a waning moon, but every time I'm just shocked at how much it kicks my ass. Like, really? We have a new moon next Tuesday. And did I get that right? Yes, I did. Next Tuesday, December 12th is a new moon, which means that we are in that space of being squeezed. For me, the week before a new moon, so we call this the waning moon, means that our view of, of the moon is decreasing in the skies until, until it is emptied, until the new moon. And it really does feel like a time of being squeezed. The yoga pose I associate with this time is any type of twists. And in those twists, you know, whether you're lying on your back, you pull a leg across, move your knees to one side, you're sort of r- wringing out the internal organs like a dirty sponge being cleansed and that is how this time in the lunar calendar feels to me it can be very tiring because we it's a time of cleansing because the new moon is this empty palette it's this time to step into the psychic void and see what might be ahead So there are always things to detox and to let go of on the way there. And for me, this is energetically a very tired time of the month. And the, you know, the gray cold weather that we're experiencing in my part of the world in New England is just not doing me any favors on that count. Other than that, to give you a little bit of skies update, other than the new moon next week, which means we're in waning moon. We are also in the throes of Sagittarius season. This is my season, y'all. My birthday's in two days, and I'm going to talk more about that than probably you would ever ask for. (laughs) But for now, Sagittarius season. Sagittarius is the mutable fire sign, which means it's fire on the move. It's fire shifting. It's fire changing. For me... Sagittarius season means it indicates change and celebration coupled with potential disappointment and the necessity to be one's own hero. I think of this mostly with the wounded healer archetype that Sagittarius is based off of as well as the symbolism behind the arrow shooting through the sky and launched from from the hand of the Sagittarius and the arrow continues ever higher, ever clearer. And there's something in that and in the embodiment of being a Sagittarius myself that always feels like this need to, yeah, to be, to be my own hero and not in the way of like pulling myself up from my bootstraps type of way that maybe a Virgo might struggle with, but more in the sense of 
at the end of the day, if I don't see the magic in all of this, no one's going to see it for me. And so I'm going to, I'm, I'm, you know, I can have my pity party about the things changing or the moments of disappointment, but at the end of the day, like it's my eyes that I need to see through. And so to me, that's part of being a Sagittarius is it's gonna, whatever magic is going to happen in this life is going to happen through in and through me. And of course, celebration, we come out of Scorpio season, which begins, you know, mid to late October goes through Samhain, this time of grieving. And Scorpio itself is this sign of regeneration and rebirth. And it's a lot of hard work, honestly. And so when we come out on the other end, then there's Sagittarius. And we're here, we are here to party. We are here to celebrate that you made it through that and that you're in the rebirth, baby. Let's have a good time. Sagittarius is is the young adult of the the zodiac. It's kind of the age that I'm actually in would be representative of the sign itself. So we got we got that celebration. We have that independence. I'm going to find the magic. I'm going to be my own hero. Sag season, baby. <laughs> Other than that, Venus is Oh boy, hold on to your hats and glasses cuz Venus is exiting Libra and entering the sign of Scorpio. Now, I myself have this placement and in technical terms, so every planet has a sign in which it's at its detriment and Venus in Scorpio is one of those placements. All that means is it's not cozy at home. It, there's a bit of struggle in, in the air. So Venus is the the planet of love and relationships. And this is the way that I process Scorpio Venus because I I think I may have literally just mentioned this, but I have this placement. So I I think Venus and Scorpio expects a lot out of close relationships. And I'll just say this from the first person. I expect a lot out of my close relationships and I require commitment and a sort of devotion. Now I don't expect this from everyone. Um, but in general, I just don't do well with fair weather friends and people. And I feel very disappointed when someone turns out to lack resilience in relationships. Um, and this is something that I deeply appreciate about, I've been reflecting on who, who I'm closest to and the people that have really lasted through the years and the relationships that I feel filled up in and that there's this mutual exchange. I have friends that are really, they're really just like feet on the ground committed individuals. And my best friends are people that we've experienced disappointment with each other and we show up in that disappointment and we can, we, we grind through it, through those conflicts. And, um, you know, it's not easy, but there's something to me when, when I make it through that with someone and they're still sitting there at the end of that disagreement or disappointment. And it's like, oh, all right, you're still here. All right, well, let's do this. Let's keep moving. Um, like I said, I don't expect every relationship to be deep and probing, but if a relationship doesn't get there, 
and I'll say relatively quickly, I'm not going to be super invested in it or I'm going to categorize it somewhere else. Um, Venus and Scorpio, I feel is very loyal to those I love. It's like the, it's, um, it's like the Slytherin loyalty, which I also am. Um, yeah, loyal to those I love. And I have a hard time when I feel disappointed in them, but I feel super, super safe and loved when someone sticks through that disappointment, when we can get through it together. If you yourself or someone that you love, that would be an interesting point of view too, has this placement, Venus Scorpio, I'd love to hear how it shows up in your life. Feel free to DM me on Instagram. I've said this a million times, but yeah, it's joy play. If you're not following me on Instagram, go follow me on Instagram so we can chat. Okay, so now we'll go into the part of things that I'm inspired by, what I am consuming, etc. So I've been on a reading kick and I feel great about it. Currently, I'm reading the book, Make Your Art No Matter What by Beth Pickens. And it's pretty self-explanatory by the title, but it's a, it is a really cool read because Beth has a background in counseling and she works with creatives and, and specifically the artist community in getting past the hurdles that stop them from creating art. So it goes chapter by chapter of the things that she's heard the most from her clients. So I'll give some examples. Uh, we've got the chapter fear. We have money. We have asking. There's work, grief, isolation, education. And it's been encouraging for a number of reasons. One, because it's really practical and I've already filled like 20 pages of my journal just with the practical notes of like, okay, how can I keep creating? And secondly, it's been encouraging because it's a good reminder to me that that I am a creative and that even though I don't make, you know, traditional art, whether that's painting or, or films or whatever, that it, what I do create is experiences and that that is a very artistic endeavor. And that I think reading this book has just, um, how do I put it, reinforced and reminded me that I am a creative and that the work that I do and the work that I love to do is art in one form or another. So really good book. What I'm watching. So I was really invested in the show The Magicians. It's a sci-fi original show uh, before I left for Portugal. Like I was watching it multiple episodes, binge watching every day. And then I got to this point in the series where I kind of lost interest. I Not kind of, like I totally lost interest, which is a bit of a bummer because I was very invested up until mm, season two, episode three-ish. It is about, it's like Hogwarts if, if it was less for kids and it's all adults post-grad in upstate New York <laughs> and has, the, the darkness is more interwoven rather than this one force of like Voldemort. Anyway, I was really into it and now I'm less into it. I did watch Asteroid City um, on the plane ride back and it's a Wes Anderson film. I watched it on the plane ride home from Portugal or actually technically Amsterdam and I loved it. 
Uh, something that me and my friends were talking about. One is that you can't trust, I can't trust movie reviews <laughs> anymore because every time I look at a movie, it'll have like terrible reviews. And then I go see it and I'm like, that was a stunning masterpiece, a, a feast for the eyes, which is how I felt about Asteroid City. It got like six out of 10 on, on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes. And I loved it. And I just think that people maybe are getting a little lazy. This is, this is my soapbox. Um, don't mind me. I just think people are getting a little lazy when it comes to movies, as in the watchers. And the, then the creators respond to that. It's this endless loop. By that, I mean, a movie shouldn't explain all the dots to me. I can, I can put the dots together myself. And in fact, it is enjoyable when things are not said but subtly shown so that I can put those dots together myself. And I think that Wes Anderson does that in this really blunt kind of understated way where you are, you have to just experience the movie. It's, they're not really for the figuring out. It, it is art in the sense of it being experienced. Okay, soapbox over I, for now. <laughs> but I really liked that. I really like that movie. And I love, honestly, everything, almost everything I've seen by Wes Anderson, I found very enjoyable. All right, what inspires me right now? I'm still inspired by and hoping to create a life living on less, just in general. Last night, I did a clothing and book swap with two of my best friends, and it was really fun and I made bratwursts, and we had sparkling wine, and we just traded stuff, and it was fun because there would be things where it's like, oh, I thought you'd love this, Linnea, or oh, this this piece is definitely for you, Jenna, and we did like, we tried everything on, had a little fashion show, and it was nice to do something a little bit sustainable and a little bit fun. So now I'll talk about what I'm feeling proud of and what I'm feeling vulnerable about. What I am feeling proud of at the moment, I'm feeling proud of how I've been hmm, taking pauses, taking pauses during what is a very, can be a very hmm, stressful, is not quite the right word, but yeah, I'll, I'll stay with stressful season of my birthday and the impending holidays. I've been proud of my, I don't know if ability is the right word, but my my now ingrained propensity to stop and to take a breath and to check in with my energy and to remind myself that this is the time of year where I start thinking more is more, but in reality, less is more. And we had a get to know you question last night that was pulled from from this deck that I created that said, where do you experience God? And for me, the answer that came pretty quickly is that I experience God in the quiet and in the liminal spaces, in the in-between. But sometimes I forget that and I think that God is in the stuff and the loud and the, the going. But I'm feeling proud of even just noticing that and the that I'm at that point of in my life where I know that coming home to myself means stepping back usually more than stepping in.
I'm also proud of the fact that I keep learning and I keep educating myself. I'm honestly proud of all the books I read this year. I read an insane amount as a kid and I was always doing the library challenges where you just tear through books. And then somewhere along the formal learning path, I just adopted this idea that I'm not a reader, which is insane. (laughs) Not insane because everyone has to read, just insane because that's just not true for me. Uh, I think that formalized education for a brief moment just took out the joy from learning, self-learning. But I'm back, baby. And I'm proud of the, I read so many books this year. I don't even know how many books I read this year. Probably like at least like 10 or 12, which is a lot for me coming from, from zero to 12. All right. What I'm feeling vulnerable about, (laughs) just everything, you know, just casually everything. I mean, yeah, really truly. And let's peel that back a layer. So it's my birthday this week in two days. And I think because my birthday also falls at the end of the year, it always feels like getting clotheslined. What I mean by that is that feelings of inadequacy tend to come up this time of year. And It's almost like that more, more, more mentality seeps in where I start to reflect, right, on my year, not only the calendar year, but my, my rotation around the sun for my birthday. And I tend to think of where I'm not or where I lack. And this can be intrusive, I would say. And my friend Anna reminded me after yoga the other night that as much as I can focus on what I'm lacking, I can focus on what has gone well and what have I what I have accomplished. And I can I can pivot that way as well, or at least allow that space into the mix. So thank you, Anna. That was a great reminder. Um but yeah, feeling vulnerable about geez, relationships, accomplishments. I think those are the two big things but for me those two take up most of the space <laughs> in my psyche so yeah let's talk about birthdays huh so on my birthday every year I reserve the morning to myself and I do this in order to guarantee that on my special day I have done a slice of what I want right from the get-go and so no matter what happens the rest of the day at least I celebrated myself So I will pretty much every year in my adult life, I've taken myself out to coffee or breakfast and I bring my journal and I reflect on the year past. In this case, I'll be reflecting on my, is it my 26th year or my 27th? Anyway, I'll be 27. (laughs) Also, I'll tie in some end of the year reflection questions. So um, now basically I'm going to share those with you and I highly recommend taking, how do I put this, scheduling your end of the year reflection space now and even putting it into your calendar now because I I guarantee it's not going to create itself. You're not going to find a day during the holidays where you're like, oh my gosh, a free three hours 
I don't mind if I do fill this space with reflection is probably not going to happen. But it's so important to to create that space to reflect. So yeah, I have some questions that I ask myself. I'm mixing in birthday questions with end of the year questions. Feel free to pause and write them down. Um, but yeah, so um, where to start? Okay. The first question is starting with subtraction and addition. So in 2024, what do I want to subtract from my life? What do I want to add? And I'm just going to start free flowing the questions. So, you know, take them or leave them, take some of them, leave them, what have you. And then secondly is asking what are my priorities? And how I personally do this is that I finish the sentence. I want to be the type of person that blank. And then write down three to four years, sorry, three to four things. I want to be the type of person that travels. I want to be the type of person that commits to my relationships. I want to be the type of person that learns new languages, whatever. And once you've written those down and kind of reflect on how you feel about those, you might select one or two that are, that are, that you feel the most deeply in your body of, oh, that is what I want to be. And then if there's any distance between who you are and who you want to be, that's how you prioritize your, those are the big priorities for the year ahead. I also reflect on my accomplishment, my travels, and my relationships, what changed this year. And in the past, I've also really enjoyed identifying a, excuse me, a theme or motif for the past year. So an example of a theme or motif could be, when I reflect, I see, oh, this was a year of growth and expansion, or this was a year of warmth and discomfort. What what have you? And I do enjoy trying to find dissimilar juxtaposed phrases and words like warmth and discomfort so as to embrace the whole multifaceted nature of life. And also because I could never just choose <laughs> one word. Uh, maybe it's my Libra moon. I don't know. But it is, it's important for me to write down both the things I am proud of and the places where I feel unfulfilled or disappointed so that I can be aware of those things myself and so that they're not so big of blind spots to me. Rituals wise, I look forward to doing a year ahead spread, which is is where I will pull 13 cards. So one for each month, starting with January and I go around the circle, and then in the middle of the circle, I place the last card, and this card is the overall theme for the year. So I I don't know if you could, I guess you could do this with tarot. I'm personally not as familiar, or yeah, with tarot, I really enjoy oracle decks just for the simplicity of them. So I'm going to use my Kim Cran's Animal Spirit. Uh, so I'll have this beautiful array of different wild animals Uh, to represent each month and what I might be learning and then the overall theme for the year. I've never done this before and I'm so excited to try it this year on my birthday. Other than that, I'll have that solo time that I mentioned at the cafe, at a cafe that I've picked out ahead of time with my journal and time to reflect. I did also buy myself a foot massage and I am so excited for that. If you need a good place to get massages in uh, the sort of Seabrook, Amesbury area, Uh, hit me up. I got you. So I am a Libra moon, which means that I enjoy enjoying things. 
I also like figuring out what I like and then surrounding myself with it, either through imagination, like through books and movies, or in real 4D life. So also around my birthday and around, you know, Yule, Christmas time, just for fun, I like to think of what a perfect gift would be for me. So this is just selfishly really fun because it's fun to think of what you'd like to receive. But it's also a good way for me to keep track of how I'm changing as a person and what what do I value. You know, you can tell a lot from what you'd like to receive as a gift. So framing it in terms of what would I love to receive this year? And then like letting imagination rip is really, really fun practice for me. For some of you, this might be a real challenge to even think of a small handful, maybe three things that you'd really like to receive. And again, they don't have to be things. A lot of my dream gifts that I wrote down were like half experience, half curated item. So get specific and try it as a challenge. I'd love to hear what you come up with. Here are some things that I thought of for myself. And again, this is just having fun here, but I had I had a lot of fun with it. And I think I thought of some really great things. I do feel quite bougie when I reflect on this list. Like I, it makes me feel kind of like... Annie Dillard's character from Schitt's Creek. (laughs) But here's what I thought of. Okay, so here's one dream gift would be um, carefully selected flowers wrapped in parchment, a bottle of natural wine, an organic candle, and a gift card to a spa service like a facial or foot soak or sauna, something like that. Another less aesthetic pick would be a gift card to a tattoo artist, good for a tattoo. I'd also love to be taken on a short road trip to a specialty coffee roaster where the person taking me has called ahead and arranged a specific tasting for us. Like sort of like if we were to be given a coffee flight with a little behind the scenes tour of the roastery or a description of where the beans come from, just something artisanal and nice like that. Alternatively, a small framed print from a local artist, some nice tea, and maybe a couple of fancy champagne flutes. Also, tickets to something a bit sophisticated, like the ballet or a play or a museum would be super fun. Or tickets to Broadway. This is like, this one is probably the bougiest thing I thought of. What if one were to receive, I were to receive tickets to Broadway, plus an Airbnb picked out for the night of the Broadway performance. And if you are like rolling in the dough, what if a dress was picked out for the evening? So it's like, you know, you walk into your room and there's a pair of Broadway tickets and a beautiful linen or silk slip laying on the bed with a little note that's like, tonight, just dreaming, just dreaming here. Okay. And then finally, a really good pair of artisanal socks or really anything hand knit, especially from uh, with origins in Icelandic or sorry, Iceland or Scandinavia. Okay, I told you it would be a bit bougie. Maybe you have bougie dreams as well. I'd be curious what is on your list. So if you want to share that with me, feel free. 
Okay. Well, that was fun. And um, as far as what's on the podcast coming up this Friday, I will air my conversation with Evie Jenner. And Evie is the type guide on Instagram. She is a beautiful human being. And what she does is she blends menstrual cycles with the Enneagram typing system to kind of help you understand yourself and your body a little better. It's like really beautiful work that she does. So definitely check her out on Instagram, get real excited about her, and then listen to our conversation this Friday. And if you, yes you, want to be on my podcast for the winter episodes, do reach out. Let's use this platform to build community and lift up voices that create community and maybe we can share our magic with each other. So it is such a joy to make these episodes for you. I will catch you next time. In the meantime, have a lovely and cozy week. Bye. Mm -hmm.